Matthew here from the MarTech Summit. Uh, thank you for joining us on episode two of the Mastering MarTech webinar series. And today we have Wendy McEwen, the head of marketing and communications in APAC from Night Frank. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Matthew. And yeah, so today we're just going to do a quick overview on what you've got in stock for us at the upcoming MarTech Summit in Singapore, and then we'll do a quick Q&A session. So Wendy, over to you. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, and uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, before I get into the preview, I just, um, one of the topics I'll be talking about in the event is uh, beyond marketing automation. And really, what's motivating me to talk about this is this uh, a connection that sales and marketing need to establish and really connecting marketing to business outcomes. And the reason why uh, I feel so passionate about this is because this is my first time uh, actually working in the marketing department. Uh, I've worked a lot with marketeers. I've been a publisher. I've been a tech, uh, in a technology firm helping marketers be smarter with marketing technology tools. This is my first time actually executing in practice. So that's about enough about me. In this first role that I've assumed, my job is really be to practice what I preach and really execute on everything I've learned over my last 20 years working in digital and business transformation. And I've really entered a very interesting industry to do that in the real estate industry where uh, disruption is still sitting around the edges and hasn't quite come to life. It's still very much a face-to-face, -face, uh, broker-led, uh, sales-led business model. Uh, so uh, what that means for me is I really need to think differently about how we can grow the business together with sales rather than marketing operating in a silo. So how we flip the funnel to really think about that uh, sales-led interactive engagement uh, and not just think about um, operating uh, customer acquisition. And this really leads me to be thinking about everything that's uh, marketing-driven right now sets up this idea of an MQL, a marketing qualified lead, handing over to a sales qualified lead and a sales close, which is really ineffective because actually in a lot of B2B environments, a huge majority of your revenue is going to come from customers you already know. So having marketing optimised purely to new customer acquisition as opposed to helping sales be effective with their consistent customer engagement and ongoing touch points with customers throughout the customer life cycle and really thinking about differentiating between marketing to customers we know versus marketing to customers we don't yet know. Uh, that's something I think that most of the modern marketing uh, mainstream uh, kind of theory and, and recommendation really sits. It's still connected to advertising and ad tech. And you really need to go deep on connecting CRM, your go-to-market strategy, and your marketing together to deliver, to deliver that consistent engagement at scale through the persona of your broker rather than independent or your seller rather than independently through marketing, uh, you know, not connected to the sales cycle. So my recommendation really then is, is how you build a foundation first and focus on what works for your business. There's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of different things going on. 
there's a lot of options and a lot of people trying to sell ways to do marketing and or advertising. And uh, so what I'm really trying to focus on is, is what can immediately move the needle to, needle to drive business outcomes. And that's really the preview of what I'm thinking in terms of driving marketing automation via sales-driven intelligence as opposed to marketing automation for the sake of building uh, marketing-qualified leads. Back to you, Matthew. Oh, thanks, Wendy. That was very uh, insightful. Uh, so you, so obviously you've had a lot of years of experience in um, the marketing field. So what would you say was the biggest change in the last 20 years in like marketing? I think really uh, it, it has, it, it, in, on the frustrating side, it's become synonymous with the word advertising. And so a lot of the commentary you hear is around advertisers this and advertisers that. And, and there's no such thing as an advertiser. There's marketers who choose to use advertising as a tool to engage with uh, potential prospects and or customers and build brand. So that's a communications channel, communications channel that sits under a much bigger and broader strategy. And the tools available to business today to understand their customer, who their customer is, what their customer is interested in, and therefore how they can engage with that customer uh, in a value-driven way, optimised to what the customer cares about as opposed to what the business cares about, is what I get really excited about with modern marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And back on what you said about advertising, so obviously MarTech is a relatively new um, way of marketing, but um, would you say there's a huge difference between AppTech and MarTech and whether there's confusion about it as well? Absolutely. Uh, having worked in the last few years in, in more of the marketing tech space and prior to that spending a lot of time in the ad tech space, uh, I think there's a huge disconnect between and understanding and, and I think it comes down to what I was talking about before in terms of differentiating between marketing to people you already know and and acquiring anonymous uh, prospects so really that kind of new customer acquisition talking to people you don't yet know and and marketing to people you already know so you have a lot of CRM marketers and uh, direct marketers who you know really do a lot of segmentation etc that operate very independently to uh, acquisition marketers and performance marketers really looking for new customers. And I think that there's this massive uh, kind of disconnect there in terms of the value of connecting that together. And, and, and there's a lot of overlap where uh, less smart organisations are, are marketing to people they already know, advertising to people they already know rather than having connected systems and connected data so they can really uh, optimise uh, their communication strategies to uh, make sure that they're in the right part of that customer life cycle based on how their customer thinks of them as a brand. Yeah, thank you, Wendy. Um, I'm sure our audience will have further questions uh, on your presentation at the event. So let's move on to the Q&A session now. Sure. And the first question is, uh, so what are your MarTech investment priorities in 2020 around harnessing customer data and how does your company deal with consumer data coming from different sources? 
Well, this is a huge project because actually a lot of the customer data, as I said, you know, and what is driving the motivation for my presentation, clearly the people who know our customers best are our sellers. And traditionally, therefore, you have a sellers a seller database and who the sellers know, which when I say database, I mean that loosely because even when you have CRM tools, whether or not the information is inputted into those tools by the sellers is really led by company, um, um, you know, behavioral culture of within a company. So a lot of the time sellers are very protective of who they're talking to. And if it's too onerous to share that information in a very seamless way, then uh, that may not be visible to the rest of the business, in particular the marketing org. So you have information that the sellers have about customers, you have information that finance have about customers, you have information that um, marketing have about customers or people who have expressed interest in interacting with your business, and you have information that partners might have about your customers. So really connecting that together in a way that you can really understand, deduplicate, and uh, enrich and um, uh, kind of clean. You know, there's a lot of cleansing required of all the data sets in a company to get a true single customer view and then enrich that customer view as well as understanding there's a buying, um, a buying committee. So you, your customer is an account. At that account, there might be 10 people involved in the purchase decision. Do you know all of those 10 people? Do you know their roles in the purchase decision? Do you understand how they interact with each other? And do you understand who in your company is mapped to covering those people? And therefore, what kind of messaging you can create to help deepen and strengthen those relationships? There's a lot of work you need to do to connect all of those dots. Yeah, and what would you say is your like, biggest frustration concerning um, customer data? I think mindset. Uh, there's still a massive trust issue, right? You've got to earn trust and confidence mm. internally uh, to get people to want to connect data and to share data and to share insight and learning. You know, every time a seller has a, has a coffee with someone, how do you make sure that you get the right intel from that coffee to help you be better informed about the type of marketing you create um, to help those sellers be more effective in their ongoing uh, sales relationships? How do you make sure that you're uh, really keeping track of what um, matters to the, the top customer set? So I think the trust and confidence and mindset is, is, is the biggest challenge in any company right now and, and somewhat sometimes regulation as well, clearly, because there's privacy issues and really that 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 line around the the customer taking control of how how what data they share with you and why they share it with you and therefore how you can then communicate. <laughs> no, thank you, Wendy. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Um, so again, so what challenges do you see in processing this data, and do you combine uh, marketing, research, audience, customer experience, or any? CRM data when planning or making your marketing strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So I was just talking about that, that really is, you know, the holy grail is connecting all of that data. So you really understand who your customer is, what matters to your customer, and therefore the type of communications that will be relevant to, the, to them 
and 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 um, inspire them to then engage with your business. And so understanding where they are in the life cycle in terms of are they using your products? Are they interested in, in other types of products that you have to offer? Are they interested in, um, you know, could they be an evangelist for your product? These are all uh, signals, you know, you have intent signals and you have um, uh, kind of ongoing engagement opportunities which could lead to an, uh, creating an advocate uh, and also creating upselling and cross-selling opportunities. So it's really, really important that from um, when you first start influencing and start building a relationship through to when someone's your best customer, there's all different ways you can utilize that insight, insight to drive better market, better and more effective marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and obviously uh, the four things we have on there, marketing research, audience, customer experience, and the CRM, uh, CRM data are all very important aspects to planning the uh, your marketing st strategy. Would you say there was one in particular that st uh, stands out for you? Uh, I, well, I think for B2B, CRM sits at the core because yeah. it's, it's really that, um, you know, understanding who your customer is and what matters to them, where everything else should branch out from. Mm. Nice. If, if, it's, if it's good CRM, and that's, that's always the challenge, right? Like the CRM isn't necessarily very comprehensive. Oh, yeah, definitely. But working together to make it... Um, you know, or, you know, whether you call it CRM or single customer view or uh, customer data warehouse or, you know, customer, just that, that kind of real understanding of who your target customer is uh, and your, and that also you don't necessarily reach everyone and anyone. Like this, this conception that marketing and brand has to mean something to everyone. Like I have a brand which really only needs to mean something to about 200,000 people in APAC. So my marketing strategy, therefore, has to be optimised to that layer of uh, target audience, not necessarily anyone and everyone in, in, in the market. And understanding that is pretty crucial as well. Fantastic. And a lot of software's out there. Uh, which where's the one that software that you can't live without? You know, I uh, this might not be the answer you expected. I would I would say LinkedIn. Oh, wow. and, that's good. Um, and when I, yeah, and that's not necessarily. You know, LinkedIn obviously has many different products that they offer. But I would say organically, LinkedIn is something that I rely on for so many different reasons, from finding talent to understanding customers to understanding the industry I've now entered into, to um, building better relationships internally across uh, borders within my own business and understanding who matters in my business that I'm working in. There's there's so many layers to LinkedIn in terms of how it can impact how I build my own credibility, how I, how I learn from peers, how I develop relationships within the business, how I develop relationships within the industry. Uh, you know, it's, it's just got an endless uh, amount of applications and is pretty central to, to my day. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree that you know, LinkedIn is very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. um, there's lots of ways you can leverage it. I think that people, a lot of people don't understand. 
Mm, yeah, definitely. Right, okay, and next question. So if I were to implement a MarTech stack for a complex B2B multi-market environment, uh, how would you advise me to start? Well, I, I think it goes back to that foundational comprehension of who, who are you trying to reach? Uh, and that starts from uh, the account and then the personas at that account and then and what those personas, what matters to the, them. And then you build a nurture and engagement strategy from there. Uh, so that really, like I said before in my slides, you, there's, there's a go-to-market strategy, there's CRM, and then and then there's marketing. And I think massively undervalued still, and I know in Asia people say this it's irrelevant these days, but email marketing uh, and really understanding marketing automation as opposed to um, email marketing. And, and if you use all the right signals to customise and um, optimize the type of communication you're sending via email and you send it through the persona of the person who has a relationship with the customer as opposed to independently from marketing, which you can do through the sales tools of a lot of marketing automation, uh, enterprise level marketing automation tools. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what we, what we know is that a lot of companies adopt tools and only use 20 to 30% potential of those tools because the talent uh, doesn't necessarily understand how to use them and also the business hasn't connected the silos and the stacks to really fully leverage the capability of delivering a connected customer experience. So, you know, connecting marketing automation, customer data uh, platforms connected to proper CRM, connected to customer service if, if that is in the wheelhouse of the business that you do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ultimately delivers that connected end-to-end -end customer experience. And ideally, that's connected to your ERP, uh, you know, your financial systems as well as your HR systems. So you have the fully connected employee and customer experience, which is true end-to-end -end business transformation. Mm, yeah. Nice. And moving on. So what, so I think related to the previous question, uh, what are the top three concerns you should watch out for when implementing a thematic stack. Uh, this is a great question. I think that the, the the biggest one is what I just talked about is that in all likelihood, whatever technology you adopt, you won't utilize it to its full potential. So a lot of the bells and whistles that get sold uh, never really come to fruition because of the lack of comprehension of how and how to implement that kind of uh, capability into the business or the lack of ability of marketing to convince the rest of the business to give them insight to the data uh, or information that they need to make that capability sing or connecting into existing systems to make that capability sing. So uh, no tool, you know, the, the old adage of bad data in equals bad data out and the reality that tools can do anything but if you don't set them up properly the output you get isn't going to match um, what you're looking for uh, and, and doing all of that hard work up front um, in order to, to get the business ready to really take advantage of the type of tools and I think the other thing I've seen is um, uh, it's somewhat 
intimidation of people to think that they need to adopt tools like this to keep up with, um, you know, the modern commentary or whatever the market's saying they should do as opposed to what they need for their business and what their business is ready for. And thirdly, I would say uh, that that tendency to um, skew to to what you're familiar with as opposed to what can really make a difference to the business and, and fighting for what the business can really take advantage on it, 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 it based on what the business is ready for as opposed to adopting something for the sake of adopting it. Thank you, Wendy. Uh, moving on. What should publishers and brands be doing now to prepare for a cookie-less world? It's, it's funny when you say now, because I feel like this is something I've been thinking about for about 10 years. Back when I worked in publishing and we were trying to compete against the walled gardens and come up with a reason, you know, we were a contextual uh, publication and destination. And then we were trying to compete against people who actually had identity in, in the form of the publisher was competing against Facebook and Google, which as we know, it has been deteriorating publisher revenue for many years now. Now I'm on the brand side. I'm sitting there staring at the same same issue of how do I how do I build something of, of enough value to entice uh, someone to tell me who they are? Because relying on anonymous activity now is less and less useful. Uh, so again having that ability to connect data and all of your offline data and all the data about your customer you can gather by having proper connected systems internally gives you a solid, clean, uh, and, and then something you can enrich in terms of a first-party stack that can then help, first-party data stack that can then help you be more effective with your personalization and optimization and digital customer experience. So really putting the work in around understanding your customer connecting data silos, thinking differently about value and what matters to the customer as opposed to what you're trying to sell, uh, understanding what the customer cares about, so spending time with customers. Um, these are all things. And then I think when you look at the examples of Under Armour and Nike and, and them buying uh, utility applications and existing communities, this is their way to remain persistently engaged with people beyond the transaction of selling a pair of shoes or apparel and in giving them that ongoing uh, interaction and ability to build their own walled garden. And so thinking about are there ways that you can build community and interaction that isn't just based on uh, a transaction and a point of time. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge mountain to climb and it's no small uh, challenge that we've all got to figure our way through. Yeah, I think you know we're we're all in this together, so hopefully we'll all be prepared for it. Well, I, yeah, I don't think it's a new problem. That's my point. I think that context versus identity has been an issue for a long, long time. Uh, it's just becoming more pronounced now because of where we're going with the the cookie environment. Mm, yeah, thank you. No, that was uh, very insightful, and that's it for today. And Thank you so much for joining us, Wendy. There's really great content in there. Uh, if anyone has any specific questions for Wendy, please do get in touch. Uh, thanks again, Wendy. Uh, we, we look forward to seeing you at the Martic Summit in Singapore. Looking forward to being part of the community and learning from uh, the other great speakers on, and attendees.
Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay, and uh, for all the latest updates on the Martech Summit, please do check out our social media profiles listed here. And thank you to everyone tuning in. And we hope to see you again in another one of our episodes. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.